It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire, at Bill underscore Setti on Twitter. With you guys here on October 22nd, otherwise known as another Victory Monday for the Carolina Panthers. And what a victory it was as they rally from 17-0 down to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles by a score of 21-17 to to move to 4-2 on the season. What a wild game. I mean, this team was shut out going into the third. Going into the fourth quarter, and they score 21 points. They score all 21 points in the fourth quarter. Just uh, an unbelievable comeback. And, you know, not just against any team, but against the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles, who are now back under 500 at 3-4 and four as they get ready to go to London to take on the Jaguars. But, I mean... What what a wild game. You know, score the 21 points and then hold the Eagles on the final drive, forcing a fumble on fourth down. Just unbelievable. So, I mean, let, let's talk about that fourth quarter drive. Or, or let's talk about that fourth quarter. You know, I mean, it just, just unbelievable the way the offense really seemed to, to kickstart to really get into gear after they were, you know, sluggish all day, um, you know, barely converting third down. I think they only had one third down conversion going into the fourth quarter, but then things really started to pick up uh, in the fourth quarter. Well, it's, you know, that first drive started late in the third quarter, about 40 seconds left, and they go 11 plays, uh, 80 yards, and a touchdown culminating with the score by Curtis Samuel on a 14-yard run. And Curtis Samuel, you know, he's – we've talked about him before as far as how nice it's been that he's starting to really pick it up and really sign up, really sort of get his footing in this offense. You know, so he had a couple key catches and then that big touchdown run – so that got them within uh, 17 to six. As Graham Gano actually missed the extra point. Uh, then next drive, after after holding the Eagles, they get the ball get the ball back. Goes seven plays, 87 yards in just under three minutes. As Cam Newton hit Devin Funches for an 18 yard touchdown, and what a route by Devin Funches! I mean, he he made Ronald Darby look silly. 
on that corner out. I mean, one move inside, Darby's looking in the backfield, uh, Darby bites on the fake, and he's done. He had no chance. Funches was wide open, easy pitch and catch, uh, two-point conversion then by Jarius Wright, and that's another guy we got to talk about too. How clutch has Jarius Wright been this season so far? A lot of important catches, a lot of key catches that Wright has made to either, you know, find the end zone or even just move the chains. Wright has been such a fantastic free agent addition to the Panthers this season. He's really, you know, between him and DJ Moore a little bit, even Torrey Smith. I mean, what was once a weakness on this Panthers offense has now really become one of their strengths. I mean, there, there's a, this group of wide receivers, really from the top down, even Demir Bird got in the mix a little bit, I think had a, a catch or two. So from the top down, as far as the wide receivers go, everybody's getting involved, everybody's making plays, everybody's contributing and making this offense go and making it much better than what it has been in the past. And obviously credit North Turner for that as well really scheming to get a lot of guys involved um but jerry stride in particular i i think just has really impressed me with the way he's been able to help the panthers move the ball and really help keep drives alive uh then a then a three and out or they force a three and out on the eagles a big three and out uh get the ball back late in the game and Go 10 plays, 69 yards in just uh, six, 55 seconds, culminating in the one-yard touchdown run by Greg Olson. The key play on that drive was the Tory Wilson catch on – or Tory – wow. That's, that's, a, that's a brain fart if I ever had one. Tory Wilson, what is this, WW, 2003 WWE now? My goodness. Tory Smith. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Wow, that was something. But the Torrey Smith catch on fourth down for about 35 yards. Uh, what a way for Smith to stick it to his former team, too, huh? Uh, I mean, you know, no, no, I'm sure there were, it's not like there were any hard feelings, you know, trading him for really what the Eagles ended up getting nothing out of it because they released Daryl Worley very shortly after the trade is complete, but yeah, Torrey Smith, big fourth down catch on what looked like the drive was going to stall out after three straight incomplete passes. It brought up a fourth and 10 and uh, again, just a, a huge, huge catch, huge turn of events for Torrey Smith to keep the drive alive. And then again, a few plays later, uh, Greg Olson from one yard out, finding the end zone. Uh, unbelievable, like I said, it is just the word to to describe that fourth quarter. I mean, you you've, you watch them go down 17-0, and you think this is a complete replica of last week. I mean, this game almost went exactly like the Washington game. Down 17 nothing, 
It takes about two or three quarters for the Panthers' offense to get in motion, but this time they were able to finish the job. They were actually able to punch it into the end zone on that final drive. It's rather than getting stalled out like they did against Washington, they were able to seal the deal. And then you have that final drive by the Eagles, which started with that big throw by Wentz to Alshon Jeffrey, which fell incomplete. But of course you had the, the pass interference by James Bradbury. But if you think about it, that was a smart play by Bradbury because if he doesn't drag Jeffrey's arm down, Jeffrey very well catches that pass and he's probably gone. If if Jeffrey if Jeffrey ends up with that ball in his hands, he's probably gone for the touchdown and that comeback is wiped out because the Eagles would have been right back on top and probably would have won the game. But you know, so that's why they say sometimes the pass interference penalty is be- it's better to commit the pass interference penalty than it is to not not commit the pen- penalty, which would result in the big touchdown pass. So smart, kind of a smart play by James Bradbury. Uh, and then again, you know, a couple plays later, you know, the Eagles throw a couple incompletions. Uh, of course, sandwiched in there was what we thought was an interception by Eric Reed, but the referees went to the uh, the video review and actually ruled it an incomplete pass, which I did not agree with. It did not look like the ball hit the ground. You know, it, it definitely looked like uh, it, it definitely looked like that ball was in Reed's hands or at least within his arm and didn't touch the ground. So it looked like a good interception. And remember, the call on the field was an interception. So what that tells you is that the referees said that there was indisputable evidence that that ball hit the ground. There was no indisputable evidence that the ball hit the ground. So I don't think that they should have overturned the call at all. Luckily, uh, the Panthers bailed themselves out as uh, they forced the Eagles into a fourth and two situation and Wentz fumbled. There was a scramble for the ball. The Panthers ended up on top of it. At that point, it didn't matter who ended up on top of it because it was fourth down. The Panthers were getting the ball no matter what. Um, ironically enough, that was the only fourth down conversion that the Eagles failed to make. And obviously, it was a big one because they were actually three for three, including one of their touchdowns on fourth down going into that play, but the Panthers get the big stop on fourth down and come away with the victory 24 to 20, or excuse me, 21 to 17. Uh, so those are really most of the highlights talking the fourth down. We'll talk about the rest of the game and some of the uh, not so good stuff that the Panthers were able to overcome in this victory. We'll do that in a minute, but first, of course, want to thank uh, one of our great sponsors, as always, here at the Lockdown Network, our buddies over at MyBookie. Uh, you know, listen, they've been, you know how great they've been to us all, all season long. They've been a fantastic sponsor of the podcast. And as you guys know, I'm always making my picks here as far as uh, MyBookie goes. 
on Friday. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. You know, I'll pat myself on the back for getting the AFC South right and the Chargers. Uh, the Bills pick obviously did not go well at all. <laughs> A whopping five points from the Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, are on Monday Night Football next week. So get ready against the Patriots. So get ready. But uh, as far as my bookie goes, remember, remember, um, they're a great service. They've got uh, great reviews online. They've been in business for years. And as all as you guys know, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why the easy choice is mybookie.ag. Guys, I would only recommend the business to you guys that's been great to me and great to us here at the Locked On Network. That's why mybookie is the place to go. Because when you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, uh, over-unders on fantasy points. You can do all kinds of great stuff on there. So listen up, guys, because my bookie is slammed with new bettors, and they want to give you the best service possible. So you can go on anytime and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get up to $1,000 in free play matched by my bookie. But if you want to wait until 7 p.m., they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits of over $100. So you do that by using the promo code LOCKEDON25. So again, at any time, LOCKEDON, uh, they match your deposit up to $1,000. But if you wait until after 7 p.m., they'll give you an extra $25. And I mean, listen, I like free money, so I would wait until 7 p.m., to take that extra money. So again, that's locked on 25 after 7 p.m. Extra $25. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So as we jump back into it here, Bill Rossetti is always hitting you guys back up here on Locked On Panthers as we talk now about the not-so-good stuff that happened in the... Panthers victory over the Eagles and it starts with that first touchdown drive by the Eagles as uh as we're I'm sorry actually I would uh, let's back up a little bit I'm not going to talk about the first touchdown drive I'm actually going to talk about the first Eagles drive that lasted uh over eight minutes you know the the Eagles really, really from the get-go in, in the f- first half and even the first three quarters, really controlled the time of possession. You know, again, starting with that, or ex- well, really the second drive, I should say. The first drive is actually a three and out, so that was good. But the second drive, uh, 15 plays in over eight minutes. I mean, the Eagles just looked like they were clicking on offense moving the ball, and really getting everybody involved. Uh, the Panthers were actually bailed out by the fact that uh, Jake Elliott missed uh, 
missed the field goal, which I believe was about 40-some yards, somewhere around there. So the Panthers got bailed out there. But then, uh, then the Eagles drove again, got the field goal, and were up three. You know, they were only up three nothing going into going into the half. So not a lot of. Uh, or I'm sorry, it was ten nothing. I'm sorry because they did get the touchdown. I'm screwing this. So now we'll talk about the touchdown pass. Uh, you know, we 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 said about how great the Devin Funches touchdown was. Well, Alshon Jeffrey's touchdown to open the scoring for the Eagles was basically in the same fashion. He kind of almost ran the same route that Funchess did and made the cornerback look silly like Funchess did. You know, in, in this case, it was James Bradbury who kind of bit on the inside move by Jeffrey. So Jeffrey, and so so really actually it was, you should say it was Funchess who had the same fortune as Alshon Jeffrey, since Jeffrey's touchdown was first, so that got the scoring. That got the scoring opening for the Eagles at seven nothing, and and then they got the forty six yarder by Jake Elliott to take a ten nothing lead into halftime. And then you also had the drive by the Panthers late in the the second quarter. They're driving. They look like they're going to kick a field goal. Graham Graham Gano comes out, kicks the field goal. Flag on the play, false start, moving back five yards. Okay, so we line it up again, try it again. Gano kicks it. It looked like the kick actually sailed a bit, uh, but then another flag goes up, another false start for the Panthers. So two false start penalties, moving back 10 yards. Uh, the Panthers then actually decided to punt the ball away. Uh, it did work out well, though, as the Panthers did pin them deep. Uh, but again, the Eagles did get it. I believe that was a drive. They did get a field goal out of it. But, you know, penalties in the third quarter was the same way. You know, penalties killed another potential scoring drive. Uh, the, the Panthers are driving. They're in the Eagles territory. And then Cam Newton gets hit with intentional grounding, which, I mean, was the right call. You know, he wasn't in the tackle box. Threw it to kind of an area where there really wasn't anybody around. Torrey Smith kind of got there late. So they dinged the Panthers with intentional grounding. And once again, got them out of field goal range. So a lot of penalties, just a lot of miscues really killed the Panthers in the first three quarters. And then it's it's funny. I wrote an article yesterday for Panthers Wire talking about a couple of things that Ron Rivera could actually take from Doug Peterson and possibly incorporate into the Panthers. And one of the things I talked about was two tight end sets and, you you know, using more two tight end sets and saying how the Eagles, uh, at least compared to the Panthers, have used two tight end sets, especially 12 personnel, a lot more than the Panthers were using 12 personnel. Now, granted, uh, and going back to the discussion quick about the receivers and how effective they've been, it makes sense that the Panthers have been running a lot of 11 personnel, but with Ian Thomas, I'd like to see, you know, I know they've been incorporating Chris Manhurts a little more, but I'd like to see a little more Ian Thomas as well. You know, I'd like, I'd kind of like to see a little more 12 personnel out of the Panthers. But uh, my point being, 
how I talked about the Panthers using t- more two di- tight end sets. It was the Eagles that were killing the Panthers early on with those two tight end sets because both tight ends really got into the action. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz, he didn't score a touchdown, but he did have nine catches for 138 yards. And then Dallas Goddard, the rookie tight end out of South Dakota State, had four catches for 43 yards and a touchdown, the touchdown that put the Eagles up 17-0. So the Eagles were getting beat. Or I'm sorry, the Panthers were getting beat all day by the two tight ends for the Eagles. And then, of course, you know Alshon Jeffrey was beating them as well. Seven catches, 88 yards, and a touchdown. You know, so the... As well as the defense was playing, you know, Luke Keekley continued to play well. Uh, Eric Reed, again, I thought played well, especially with the what should have been an interception. But they just continued to be, you know, this is two weeks in a row. They've been pretty bit by the tight end. Uh, you know, this is at least two weeks in a row that they've allowed a touchdown to a tight end. Remember last week against Washington, it's Vernon Davis on the first drive of the game. This time around, it's Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard, and you know next week you're you're facing some young tight ends again. You've got Hayden Hurst and um, I'm drawing a blank on the kids. Mark Mark Ta- or um, I'm drawing a blank on the kid's name. I'm sorry. I, obviously Hayden. I mean Hayden Hurst. I think is the guy the Ravens had been running more anyway, as far as tight ends go. But I mean the kid they drafted in the third round. Who I, if I'm not mistaken, Mark Andrews, that's it. Uh, though I believe Andrews had been dealing with some injuries. Uh, but even Nick Boyle and Max Williams, had been, they've been incorporating as well. So, you know, next week when you face the Ravens, you're going to see some decent tight ends again. So it's going to be interesting how they how they kind of handle those guys coming off a game where, you know, they, they allow the combined... 13 catches for about 180 yards against the two tight ends. But they did fare well against the run game. You know, between between the four rushers for the Eagles, they only they only ended up with about 60 yards rushing. You know, Wendell Smallwood had nine catches for 32 yards, and he was the leading rusher. Now, part of that goes back goes to coaching, too. You know, Doug Peterson kind of got away from the running game, ended up throwing a lot. And, you know, Carson Wentz's numbers obviously look really good. 30 of 37, 310 yards and and two touchdowns. Again, what should have been one interception, but he did have that fumble at the end of the game. But, you know, so for the first three quarters, the Panthers are just getting beat down on defense. uh, Long drives, and again, just a lot of silly penalties that were really killing them. But then that fourth quarter came. They picked up the pace on offense. I don't think they, I don't think they had any penalties at all, if I recall correctly. Um, picked up the pace, and you just felt the momentum shift again. You know the two touchdowns, and then the three and out. Everything was going the Panthers' way, and then you you know they they did get to they did get to Carson Wentz a couple times, which is nice. They did allow a couple sacks though too. Uh, you know they they allowed Newton to get sacked twice, but they did get to Carson Wentz. Four times. So overall, you know, it's 
overall, I'd say it's a pretty good performance. You know, you're gonna more, you're obviously gonna remember more the the big comeback in the fourth quarter than anything else. You know, that's obviously an exciting way to finish the game and get the W. So you know, you want you want to kind of work on getting the offense out of the gate quicker. You know, no more of this waiting till the fourth quarter. It's exciting to watch, no doubt. But let's pick up the pace, or let's kind of wake up a little more now in the first and the second quarter rather than waiting until the fourth quarter. But nonetheless, big win for the Carolina Panthers as they defeat the Eagles 21-17. to So before we wrap things up here on this Victory Monday, I want to take a shout out or take a moment quick to give another shout out to our good buddies over at lokai.com l o k a i uh, remember folks they are providers of those great life balancing bracelets a daily reminder to give yourself balance in life between all the highs and lows because we all deal with them you know someone like me a lot going on i try to keep everything in focus because uh, remember, the bracelet itself, it holds water from Mount Everest, which is the highest point on Earth, and it holds mud from the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point on Earth. So it's that reminder that you're going to have highs and lows in life. It's a reminder to keep a balance in life. And remember, they have their new game day collection. Uh, I've got the Panthers bracelet, and you guys can too, and it's a great looking bracelet. It's got the colors. It's got the Panthers logo. And it's a chance for you to save some money because you go to LOKI, and it's L-O-K-A-I dot com, and use the promo code PANTHERS25 to save 25% off your order, off the game day collection. And again, it's not just the NFL. They've got Major League Baseball. You know, we've got the World Series starting tomorrow. Got You've got the NHL. You've got college football. Or you've, you've got your college teams. You know, you can support undefeated Clemson, uh, you've got NC State, who still is having a good season despite the loss to Clemson. So a lot, a lot to choose from and a lot of money to save. So again, go to LOKAI, L-O-K-A-I.com, promo code PANTHERS25, and save 25% off your orders. Go check out LOKAI, and I just want to give them a shout, big shout-out. Thank them so much for being a great sponsor here with the Panthers and the other teams that they've been supporting. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's wrap things up here. So once again, big win for the Panthers. Come back. Now we come back home Sunday afternoon against Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens, who are coming off a heartbreaking 24-23 loss to the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, for, for you Panthers fans, you probably would rather see the Panth- or the Ravens win that game because it was against the Saints. 
Uh, but nonetheless, Saints do go do move to five and one. But remember, two of the last three games are against the Saints, so the Panthers will get their chance. But uh, heartbreaking way for the the Saints to for the Saints to lose that game, or for the Ravens to lose that game. Excuse me. Obviously, the Saints will take it. They're at five and one, but the Ravens' uh, first extra point miss in. Uh, Justin Tucker's career, and what a time for it to come on what would have been the game-tying extra point, but he missed, and so the Ravens lose 24-23, so they're at 4-3 and now, and for the moment, actually out of the AFC playoff picture, they're actually in a three-way tie with the Bengals and the Dolphins for that final playoff spot in the AFC, but the Bengals have the tiebreak right now is they've beaten both the Ravens and the Dolphins. Uh, but we do got to congratulate, too, though, Drew Brees becoming just the fourth member of the 500 touchdown club and becoming just the third quarterback to defeat all 32 NFL teams. The Ravens had been the only team that Drew Brees had never defeated. Now he has, and so now he can go... Because really, this would have been his last chance. Because you know Breeze isn't going to play another four years. So this was his last chance to beat the Ravens, and he got it. So Drew Breeze, now the, only the third quarterback ever. I believe Brett I believe Brett Favre and Peyton Manning are the only other two to defeat all 32 teams in the NFL. Obviously, a guy like Tom Brady is never going to have that distinction because... He's never going to leave New England. He's going to retire Patriots, so he'll never get the chance to defeat the Patriots. Uh, but nonetheless, big win for the Saints. Tough loss for the Ravens. So they come to Carolina on Sunday. Uh, you know they they've been up and down. You know four four and three right now. Uh, but I think this this is a game early on that the Panthers you know probably have the edge in. I think they can ruffle Joe Flacco a little bit. You know you you obviously got to keep an eye on Alex Collins. You know, didn't have a whole lot of whole lot of rushing numbers in this one. Uh, did have three catches though, so he had 14 touchdown or 14 touchdowns, 14 touches. Oh my goodness gracious, Billy, what are you doing? <laughs> this is something else. I've been messing up all day, but uh, you know, Alex Collins is going to be some someone that the Panthers are going to have to keep their eye on. You know, they've they've done a nice job in the passing game. You know, John Brown coming off a big game, seven catches, buck 34 and a touchdown. Michael Crabtree has played well in his first game with the Raven, or his first season with the Ravens. So, you know, you've got some playmakers here. The offense looks a little better. They, they've got some guys at receiver. So, you know, it'll be an interesting game. And, you know, as always, looking forward to Wednesday when we talk with uh, the guys over at Locked on Ravens to get a little more in-depth on this game. So that's Sunday, and um, you know, not too much actually. Whip around the NFC South real quick before we get out of here. So the Saints five and one on the Buccaneers also win as they get a late field goal in overtime against the Browns. And the Browns just love to play overtime games, don't they? This is the fourth time. I believe I said previously it might have been on here that the Browns had played four out of five overtime games. I was wrong because I forgot the Saints game did not go into overtime. Uh, but this was the fourth overtime game as Chandler Catanzaro hits a 59-yard field goal to win the game in overtime. 
So the Bucks go to three and three. Browns fall to two, four and one. And then of course the Falcons play tonight against the New York Giants. And really, I don't think the Falcons should have a tough time in this one. I think the Falcons should cruise in this one. They'll go to three and four. As next week, as we look ahead, Tampa Bay is at Cincinnati. The Saints are at Minnesota on Sunday night. And the Falcons look like they are off next week. Yes, they are. The Falcons have their bye week. So, uh, so Panthers game out right now in the NFC South. But still holding on to that uh, number one wild card as they are four and two. Second wild card right now is the Packers, who are off this week. They are at three, two, and one. And then you've got three, four teams sitting at three and three: the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Bears, who have fallen off a little bit in just a couple weeks. They've gone from three and one. First place in the NFC North to now three and three and in last place in the NFC North. So that'll do it for this edition of Locked On Panthers Victory Monday edition coming off week seven. It's hard to believe this season's almost halfway over already. I mean, we've got six down and ten to go. So, you know, it's going quick. Uh, we'll be back at it next time to uh, start getting ready for the Ravens. Like I said, looking forward, as always, to Wednesday uh, when we chat with Locked on Ravens. But for now, enjoy your victory Monday. Have a good one. We'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.